This episode of the podcast is brought to you by colonoscopies in a can. Just open up the can, place near your butt, and wait five to seven business days for results. When I left the site just over two hours ago, I had a job, a wife, a home. And now I have none of those things. I have none of those things left. I just have myself in the car that I'm in. And I'm just driving. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that turned on their left blinker <laughs> and then took a right and never saw their family again. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Frank. And today we're here to talk about Locke. Yes, we are. A24 again. Of course. Oh, man. I did not know that it was A24 going into this. Yeah. Uh, Zach, give us the rundown. All right, guys. So Locke came out in 2013, directed by Stephen Knight. You only have one person in the movie. Well. You have voices. You have voices. So your main person is Tom Hardy, who plays Ivan Locke. Yes. You have his son, who is Eddie, played by Tom Holland. You have his interest, we'll say that for right now. Ooh. Bethan. Scandalous. Yeah. Who is played by Olivia Coleman, And then you have his wife, Katrina, who's played by Ruth Wilson. Yes. And that's all I cared about, really. Well, that's everybody. <laughs> that, that's all the names yeah. in the film. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what Locke is about, uh, it's a very small budget, low budget film. You can obviously tell that because it literally takes place all within the confines of a BMW. Is it a BMW? Or is it an Audi? I, I think it's a BMW. Yeah. It's a and nice looking car. It's, yeah, it's nice. I noticed that the, that the, that when he like gets in, the steering wheel like goes over towards him. And then yeah. the whole movie, I was like... Tom Hardy, you're driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> you realize that he's in England. <laughs> um, it's just Matthew McConaughey next to him, just not saying anything, driving. <laughs> um, and uh, a story of a man who has a lot going on. Uh, and this movie takes place over the course of the length of the film. Mm-hmm. So the movie is an hour and a half, and this movie takes place over the course of an hour and a half. Yeah. And basically... Tom Hardy is driving his car, and you learn that he is driving it not to home, but actually in the opposite direction, and he's going to a hospital mm-hmm. because he had an affair. About a year ago. About a year ago, and he slept with this woman, and she got pregnant, and she's now having a baby. Mm-hmm. His baby. Not, not just a random baby. <laughs> he, she's having just a baby. <laughs> And uh, Tom Hardy's life, or, you know, yeah, his life kind of just drastically changes over the course of this hour and a half because he then has to break the news to his wife of what he's doing. All over the phone. And while that's also happening, he, this, of course, she gives birth during a very, very important career move where he is he's in charge of he's like a general manager. He's like a construction site uh, manager. Yeah, so he's kind of like, um, overseeing uh he he does concrete and he's overseeing like the foundation of a building and and it's like a very very important building that is like one of the largest i think like in like their kind of like state that's ever been built before no one's ever attempted like this mass size before um and he's like oh yeah i can't be there because i'm gonna go be with this woman so he's kind of like making these decisions as to like what's wrong what's best what's right um and then there's some other stuff that we got to unpack about his dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get there. A little bit of a uh, yes. sins of the father type situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the core. That's basically the movie. It's, it's, it's a slow film. It's it is. not, it, it, it's, it, it's slow with 
action, I guess, is what I would say. But I, I would say that movie is the movie is very is paced very well. It is. It's a very methodical film, and it doesn't feel slow. At least, at least not on first viewing. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I've seen this movie like three times now. So like, third time around, it does. Even though it's only an hour and a half, it does drag a little bit just because I'm like, I know everything, and, yeah, and I know what's gonna happen. But I remember the first time, similar to like what you had, where it's like, man, this movie is fucking intense. Yeah, so this was the first time that I've watched the film, and, and man, like, I'm sweating, like, half the time. Yeah. Like, when when he's calling his wife, yeah. and, like, his son picks up the phone, mm-hmm. and, like, he's just starting to tear up, like, talking to him and telling him, like, I'm not going to be home tonight. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to, like, tape the, the game. Yeah. And, and then it's like, can you put your mother on the phone? Can you put your mother on the phone? Yeah. And... He tells her, and I'm just sweating profusely. <laughs> like, I have, like, AC in my house, yeah. and I'm not wearing a shirt, and I'm just sweating yeah, yeah, like yeah. crazy. I know. <laughs> why, are you not, why are you not wearing a shirt? I cannot wear a shirt in my own home. <laughs> um, you don't wear socks know, all the time. I, I, that's true. I, um, I, I noticed how – this time I noticed, like, how fast everything changed. Yeah. So, like, so quickly because it's, like – it's, like – he, he gets on the phone call with his wife mm-hmm. and she's like, Hey, I got those like sausages that you love. And we're all like ready to watch the game. And then like within the course of that first conversation to about 15 minutes later. Yeah. It's completely, it's different. just like, it's like, wow, we really jumped the boat here. And then he loses his job. Yeah. But he's got like this kind of, um, this mentality where like, I have to see it through and yeah. I have to make sure. Yeah. So he's technically fired and is no longer now working for this company. But he is so determined that this building is going to be made that it's I don't know he he, oh, he the the line that keeps like coming up for him is like don't do it for you don't do it for me don't do it for anybody do it for the concrete yeah as if like the concrete like really really means something to him like it, it like it's almost like a like another life form that like he's like kind of babying well that's why like, and it's, it's it, more it, less... I think it plays back to like his dad. Yeah, I mean, it's more or less, like, his project, and he wants to see everything through. And they go on to talk about where it's, like, in the nine years that he's been working for this company, he's never fucked up. He's always been, like, a model citizen. He's always handed in, like, everything early, Mm -hmm. not even on time. And he's been, like, from what we can tell from everybody talking to him, he's been just, like, a wonderful person to everyone. Like, very fair, very, like in charge but at the same time kind to everyone yeah and i like the line too like later on when he's talking to donald about the the concrete where he's like you do it for the piece of sky we're going to steal yeah yeah yeah. it's cool um i think that for me i mean this definitely isn't not a move for everybody because this film is is all exposition (laughs) yes but i think where it really thrives is a minimalistic style where it's yeah. literally just one person, one car, phone calls. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I, I think that's where this movie thrives. Yeah, for sure. But I do, I do noticing uh, this is uh, what's his name? I think what's his name? Kevin, uh, the Stephen, director, yeah. Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight. He, you could tell that this is like his first film. I think for mm. sure. I think that there's like some. I don't know if it's just the simple fact of like him just trying to break up the you being in the car with Tom Hardy, but there's a lot of like cuts that are like outside of the car, Mm -hmm. random, just kind of like, Oh, here's some asphalt. Here's the headlights. Here's the brake lights. And for me, I'm like, I don't, you'd rather just have it all. on. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. It it almost felt like it's edited for TV 
where there's like um, there's like some like weird like fade outs and then it fades back in and it's like kind of like almost edited to be like oh these are where the commercial breaks would be yeah you know what i mean and I, that's like something that i that i just noticed but i mean at the end of the day like the core story of it and i think tom hardy does a pretty good job i don't I, I wouldn't say tom hardy is like excellent in this movie no but it is one of his better roles for sure I think. yeah i mean it's it's no uh bronson it's no bronson for sure <laughs> but it's definitely like i don't know i, I just i guess it for me it's just kind of like weird seeing tom hardy as just like a normal guy. a normal guy and not like somebody who's beating up batman or, or like just <laughs> breaking the bats back <laughs> yeah like something like that you know or tied to a, a car and just going through a sandstorm <laughs> right uh it's just a little like weird um but i i i think that he does a good enough job i think he's very likable in this film like i like from, ironically yeah right because <laughs> everything is just poor decisions yeah i mean like within the first like 15 minutes like i'm i'm into like who he is as a person yeah uh, sexually, that is. <laughs> no, like, um, just as, like, a character, like, I, I kind of get behind him, and then it's even more of a gut punch when you find out about, like, this whole thing of the affair. Yeah. And he's trying, like, really, really hard to prove to himself that he's not a bad person and he's not his father. Yeah. Where he says the line, too, is, like, I felt sorry for her, so how can that be the difference between good and bad? Mm-hmm. So, Bethan you come to find out is this woman that was working on a construction site in like Norway or something like that Mm -hmm. when he had to go away a year ago and they were celebrating because they got through like a really tough part in the construction and he goes back came out. Yeah. He goes back to his, (laughs) his guest house and then she kind of follows and then goes on about like how sad her life is and how lonely she is. And like, she's like 45 and he's like 30. Yeah. And, he goes on about like how happy he is with his wife and yeah, kids yeah. and then they drink and then they bang right. and then she becomes pregnant and a big thing too is where like as he's talking to Bethan in the hospital she's saying like just tell me you love me and he's like I don't know you yeah, so I it's, can't it's, tell it's literally you literally like oh, it was like a one night thing they don't yeah. know each other on any like really they, they don't know they don't know each other intimately at all so them so for her this is like oh i'm conceiving your child like you know you have to have some types of feeling towards me and he's just like no so he's literally just doing it for the child exactly that's what i was gonna like kind of bring in my like where where do you stand with like is he is he doing the morally right thing because at the end of the day okay like look he Mm. fucked up We, we we can agree that he messed up what he did with cheating on his wife and getting this woman pregnant is not obviously the right thing. This would be a fun character study. Maybe. But <laughs> I mean, this is basically it. Kinda, <laughs> I mean, this whole film is a character study. Yeah, so exactly. kinda, it kind of basically is one. Um, so then, you know, do you agree with him saying, I'm not going to come home to my family tonight and I'm going to be there for this child? I mean, he's doing the right thing by the child, I think, because... You later find out that, like, he was abandoned as a child by his father. By Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> and he just kind of comes back, like, later on in his life to try and, like, reconcile. Yeah. And Ivan wants nothing to do with his dad, really. So I think, like, in his mind, he's doing the right thing right. of going there for the child and letting him know that he has a father. Yeah. But it is... a terrible decision in the fact of like you're giving up your entire family that you've already had yeah for this person that you don't know and this child that you have 
no idea really about. Yeah, you know, I mean, a big plot point for him is this idea of, like, abandonment and him being so against it and, like, him saying, like, I need to be here for this kid. And I guess towards the end of the film, there is kind of, like, this this moment where he feels like he ha- has done the right thing, mm-hmm. where the baby is born, he hears the child over the phone, and he decides to go to the hospital, and, you know, he, like, he veers off towards the hospital, and, and you can kind of, like, it kind of, like, is, hey, he's doing it and he's better than his dad yeah but i wonder why he feels so passionately about it and why this is the reason like this is the kid that made him realize this because he has two other kids yeah exactly and it's not like he's not yeah they they, they never imply that he hasn't been there for them yeah and his kids from what it seems like have a really good relationship with yeah they really love him yeah like they they sit there together and like when eddie's kind of like I, I feel like towards the end when Eddie's kind of like pieced together the puzzle and he's like, well, like when you come back, like I have it recorded and like, we'll just pretend that like yeah. we don't know the score and like, we'll make the sausages for you. And like, we'll sit there and we'll, we'll be surprised together. Yeah. And I think that was like a nice little inkling of like how much his kids really mean to him. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time too, in the beginning of the film, you have it when he first calls Eddie and he says, like, I love you, but Eddie doesn't hear him. And he's like, what'd you say? And he's like, nothing, just tell your mom. Nothing, I don't, I don't love you. <laughs> <laughs> I said I don't love I you. I don't love you. <laughs> I actually hate you. <laughs> I said I loathe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, so I don't know. I, I really wonder, like, why, I don't know, like, I, fa- I, did fi- I do find it a little kind of, like, cheesy when he's, like, having, like, the conversation with his imaginary father in the rearview mirror. I wanted- and he's kind of just, like, talking to him, and it's just kind of like, why? He's shit-talking yeah. him. <laughs> and it, I don't know. Like, I just don't really... I, I think that that kind of is a little... I want more of that. I guess there is, like, an aspect of it where it's, like, it's kind of an interesting concept of how to do it. Because when you have a man who's only in a car, like, how do you have him... How do you, how do you bring up the simple fact that he does have all these father issues mm-hmm. unless it is through a conversation. Somehow his dad ends up calling or he ends up calling his dad to like prove to him something like, Hey, I'm going, I, you know, I fucked up, but I'm going to be there for this kid. And like him and his dad, maybe have like an intimate conversation with one another. That mm-hmm. could have been maybe like a, a cool concept. I don't know. I, I just, I, I like the mental breakdown of it though, where it's like, he's getting the calls, especially towards like the third act where it's like he's on the phone with like Donald about They're like overlapping. Yeah, with yeah. the construction and he's getting the phone call from like his wife like screaming at him. And then like at the same time too there's a call from like the hospital to let you know like hey there are some complications. Yeah. And something that I thought would have been like a really good way to like kind of just again gut punch you at yeah. the end would be if he comes to find out like the baby didn't make it. Yeah. And now he's told his wife about this whole thing. And now this woman really means nothing to him because the baby is dead. Yeah. And it's just like, now I really have absolutely nothing. Now you really have nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have directed this. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a good, yeah, that's actually like a pretty solid, uh, that that could have been a really interesting dynamic there. Mm. That would have been, although, that would have been very, like, just sad. Like, no, I mean, no way in, in shape or form is this movie, like, a happy film. No, but I do think that there is, like, it does, like, again, like what I said about, like, the end of the film where it kind of, like, is like, oh, he's reconciled and he feels like he's, like, being there for this baby. Like, I do feel like there is kind of, like, this triumphant 
ending for him yeah. or like internally where he just feels happy about himself. And I don't know if you're really necessarily supposed to feel the same way towards him because he doesn't, you said that, you know, that you actually really like him as a character. Mm. I kind of feel lukewarm about him Okay, where it's like, I don't love him, but I don't really hate him. I, he made, he made a shitty decision. He did some shitty things. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like he's, he, he doesn't have like that Daniel Plainview, like where it's like, oh, he's not like, you know, he's made some poor decisions and he's not a great person, but I still really like him because he's the best and well, because you know, he's awesome. That's mostly because Daniel is very charismatic. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it's that's the a, charisma aspect. Maybe. Yeah. In, in uh, this movie, he's very just kind of like, I told you what I told you, like in a way, like, you know, and he's just kind of just like, well, it is what it is. Um, and I guess that is one thing, though, that I do find admirable is like he's very blunt. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really beat around the bush too much, and he pretty much... Although, he does have, like, a very elaborate story of, of like, like explaining to his wife that she, that he cheated on her. He, and he, yeah. he kind of just goes on and on and on, and she's just like, what are you saying? And he's just like, well, we... Yeah. And then he's, like, going on and on and on. And it's just like, my girlfriend was sitting next to me, and she was like, if you if you told me this elaborate-ass story just, by, just, like, to the finale of it to tell me that you cheated on me. She's like, I would murder you. I'm like, ah, that's understandable. I get it. Yeah. I mean, like he does go on where it's like, I'm not a bad person. I'm sorry. Like it meant nothing. She was just lonely. I was there to help her. Yeah. And like, she goes on like crying is like, you had the shit eating grin when you came back and you hugged me and you didn't tell me this. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, like, no, he's not a good person. (laughs) He's trying in his mind to do the right. Yeah. I mean, it's a man who fucked up and a man that is, because, I mean, he does say to his wife, like, I'm trying, like, okay, what are, like, the, the next steps to move forward from this? And then the and, construction, too, is, like, what really puts the nail in the coffin for her. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I, I guess it is kind of, like, it, it, it's led to believe that he isn't home very often. Mm-hmm. And he cares more about his work than his life, his personal life. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's kind of, like, a, a tale as old as time where it's, like, people, you know care about like work 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 uh, and they don't really pay attention to their loved ones and then like at the end of it it's like oh I, uh, you've missed all these years dad I, I learned how to run now and you don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've learned how to do that thing where you put two hands behind <laughs> your back and then it becomes interlocked <laughs> yeah um, so there is like that aspect of it um, but yeah I, I, I think that he the, at the end of the day I think that this whole film kind of is all culminated through him trying to prove that he's better than his father. Yeah. And that's kind of like where the entirety of his dishonesty and honesty like play at where it's like, I fucked up, but I'm going to actually tell and I'm actually going to be there and whatnot. Although his wife is basically just like, never come back here ever again. You don't have a home anymore. Although he had a chance. If he didn't ask for the number for the construction worker, she might have been able to let him back in. But he decided like, I I still need that number. Right. Because at the end of the day, construction is what matters. But But Donald found it anyway. So he could have said, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then Donald would have been like, hey, I found it. (laughs) And then he would have had a home to go to next day. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, so that was very poor timing. It was just like really shitty timing. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like the whole movie It's just always shitty timing for him. The one other thing that I want to touch on is like in the very beginning of the film, Uh because apparently like a lot of people were kind of like questioning when he first is at like that stoplight and he has his blinker on for the, and then he makes the the left, but he makes the right. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, Oh, is he being followed? Because before I watched this film, I had no inkling of, like, what the story was. So part of me 
the first 15 minutes was like, oh, fuck, like somebody's following him. And he's just trying to get away and like make sure that his family isn't hurt. And that is absolutely not what this film is. <laughs> so I don't know about you. I mean, I think it's kind of plain and simple where he's turning left to go home, but he decides right. to go right because he's made the decision to go see Bethan. Right. I don't, there's no discussion there. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, a lot of people talk about <laughs> I it. I don't understand why. I mean, I feel I kind of like what you said. I feel like it's pretty, like, bland. Like, it's just right there. Like, that's pretty obvious. Well, there was the car that beeped at him behind him. Because <laughs> of like, those are... Well, it was like, oh, like maybe that's if you're, if you're being followed in the car behind you, just beeping at you. They're not very good at following you <laughs> indiscreetly. <laughs> hey, asshole, I'm going to follow you. Get in front of them. <laughs> Which way did he turn? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Fuck. We're following wrong. Yeah, it's like, all right, guys, why is this a discussion? Just stop. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a admirable. I don't. I don't think this was his debut. I think this was his sophomore feature. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good small scale uh, sophomore film, um, and I think that Tom Hardy does a really, really good job yeah. of conveying a man who is his life is falling apart and yeah. who's trying to keep it together. I mean, there's that really great scene in which, like, because for the most part, he's actually very, very calm. He and is. then there is like that one point where he just starts like slamming on the like the uh, uh, the steering wheel, and he's like "fuck, fuck," and he's just like yeah. screaming and beeping on the horn. Yeah. But then like when somebody calls him immediately afterwards, he's back to calm. Yeah, he's like Ivan Locke. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, like how he always, no matter who calls, he's always just answering like Ivan Locke. <laughs> Until like later on when he gets pissy and he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But I think I think Tom Hardy does a really good job, and I think that for the the con- being confined to a a very 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 small space mm-hmm. it does lead you to this kind of like intimacy with him where you kind of feel i wouldn't necessarily see i personally would have enjoyed it i think a little bit more if the camera work was done more like nightcrawler with mm-hmm. jake gyllenhaal where you're, when you're in the car with him you feel like you're really really in the car with him and you're sitting in the passenger seat driving with him yeah less po- of like dramatic shots yeah and less of these like kind of like oh we're just we're, we're trying to do some more interesting shots because the car is kind of boring but mm-hmm. it's like you kind of have to embrace that yeah. you know what i mean and like just be like okay this is what it is um but yeah, I think for the most part the camera work is decent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the shots are really nice. In yeah, the I mean, there definitely is a point in which, like, I feel like Kevin, right, the director, he, Stephen, Stephen. I don't know why he's <laughs> saying Kevin, Christ, <laughs> Stephen Knight, Mister Knight. <laughs> um, I don't know why Stephen. Uh, I, I do feel like he was kind of like it almost felt like as they were like filming, he was like, I need some different angles, I need some different shots. And then there's yeah. like that one shot of like the cameras kind of like on where I, you would imagine it would be like on the passenger door mm-hmm. and it's like looking through yeah. one of the side mirrors yeah, and, like, you're, was a cool and you're seeing him and it's just like, all right, we're trying to be like as creative as possible here. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would have just kind of liked it being like, I'm in the seat, I'm in the seat with him and this is where we are. Yeah. But all that being said, I think for a first time viewing of this movie, I think it is very intense. And I do think that, um, it, it does feel intimate enough where mm-hmm. you do feel like, oh man, like you feel what like the you're fuck there. is going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I really like this film. The one last thing too, yeah. that like, I, I felt like it was either you should have added more or you should have just not, not added it at, it at all was like the whole thing of him being sick. Cause like throughout the film, like he's like blowing his oh, nose yeah. constantly I don't, yeah. and like drinking like, NyQuil yeah, while exactly. driving. <laughs> and it's like are you like you either 
touch on it more where it's like he kind of like swerves a little bit in the road because he's not feeling good. Yeah. And it's a whole like, is he going to make it there or not? Yeah. Or you just have him like be completely fine. I, yeah, I don't know. That, I was mean, the, that was the only other thing. It's where kind I was of, like, it, is, eh. it is strange. I, I wonder if Tom Hardy really just was sick and they're like, well, <laughs> fuck it. Like, we just got to make a part of the story. Yeah, we again. can't like he's going to be sniffly the whole time yeah, anyway. Like, whatever. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, that, that that is I mean, I don't know how long this movie took to film. But I mean, it really seems like you honestly could have made this movie within like <laughs> a like <night>. a week. <laughs> like like you could have made it in like a week, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it, I don't know if it was like a character decision to be like, oh yeah, he has a, a head cold. Also, it's like why? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> what for? <laughs> What's the point? Because He's really got a shit the entire time, <laughs> and he won't pull over. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been locked here. <laughs> just <laughs> what? I gotta go. <laughs> All right, I think we're done here. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. Gross. Um, so it, it's kind of it kind of feels weird, like mentioning another thing about like movies. Ooh. However, um, how I originally kind of found out about this film was a YouTube channel called Screened. Now they don't have a lot of episodes on their YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, I want to say 12. Okay. Um, But they're really, really insightful about films. Like this one was part of minimalism within films. So he talked about Locke. He talked about Quiet Place. And he talked about one more that was all through um, a laptop. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was like, oh shit, like this is very interesting. And it sparked interest through, like, other ones because he has videos on, like, cosmic horror and, like, what the eyes mean in horror, what the sounds mean in horror. He has ones of, like, failed romances and why they turn out the way that they do. And they're all, like, maybe the most is, like, a length of 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, He just recently put out one that I think you would really enjoy that talks about Robert Edgars, about the lighthouse and the witch using folklore in films Mm -hmm. and it's just like a nice twist on things where it's really insightful and just to spark conversation about the films yeah which is what we try to do right but he does it a lot shorter (laughs) so what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah um cool awesome frank what are we doing next I don't remember. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to be doing a character study, and that is of, of course, the one, the only, Jack Torrance from The Shining, Stanley Kubrick. I'm just saying names. Why not Kung Fu Panda too? <laughs> I'm sick of it. Uh, all right, Zach, take us out. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Now, Frank, the roads are fine. I'll be there soon. <laughs>